Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In the episode of today, we continue our series of episodes on supply chain finance. In the two previous episodes, we broke down what supply chain is along with supply chain finance, and we dove into what are the mechanisms and tools that can be used in order to finance the supply chain. Today, expect to learn the different stakeholders involved in supply chain finance, what pieces of technology are required to do so, what are the roles of rating agencies, how auditing firms secure this whole process, and much more. If you liked the episode, or if, like us, you learned a lot about supply chain finance, why not leaving us a review? Reviews are the best way to help podcasters completely for free, since the algorithm of the different platforms then push forward the best-rated podcasts. And well, on top of that, it makes Usam and I very happy. So please do not hesitate. With all that being said, let's get on with the show. So, Gim, I'd like to go a little bit deeper into the stakeholders, so the people that are involved in the supply chain finance, mm-hmm. let's say, ecosystem or whatever. Right? So I think we talked about the buyers and the suppliers, yeah. um, and there's where they're the ones that need need the tool itself, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have the banks, financial institutions, the ones in the middle providing the instruments and services to support the businesses, right? Yeah. Um, is there anyone else involved or is it just those three parties, the buyer, supplier and the financial institution? Usam, I love when we go down the rabbit hole. Um, no, this is not this is not all, all at all. Um, and even if we are simplifying it, this is really a whole ecosystem and it's rather complex. And therefore, technology is key, obviously, in the supply chain finance. Um, and for the sake of simplicity, let's call it with the acronym SCF uh, to simplify. Okay. So what 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 technology is involved in SCF? <laughs> hey, making fun of my acronyms, I see. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, you need a robust system providing a clear view on invoices, obviously, and allowing documents management. This seems rather obvious, but a lot of companies are still lagging behind due to manual processes and physical paper-based documents. And having a digital platform where you can manage it all is key. So supporting these um, SCF programs mm-hmm. um, and the payment of these invoices is part of this technology. I guess that's what it does, right? Because, again, SCF or supply chain finance is um, the middleman, the financial institution basically like um, takes on the invoice or buys yes. the invoice essentially exactly. from this um, this other buyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's basically having those things pay out. What's what's the technology doing? But it's just having a proper record, the scan of all the invoices, the reference numbers, the exact amounts, all the details on what they are paying, what the underlying is in the end, because they can only buy whatever is written on the invoice, right? So you need a clear view on that, and this is rather this seems rather obvious uh, actually, but. Like if we talk about multi-billion dollars companies, we talk about like thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of invoice a month. And if you want to clear view on this, digitalize it, that's quite technology heavy. And you need something to be really up to date 
and to manage it all and to see clearly, okay, this one has been paid, this one has been financed, this one is matured, and so on and so on. It's not just an Excel sheet. Yeah, <laughs> Excel sheet can do the trick, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's much, much, much harder. Um, Gets too complex. So, okay. Exactly. And last but not least, uh, you want also efficient analytics tools, right, for data-driven decision-making. When are invoices due, for instance, for which amount, in which currency, from which counterparty, and so on, because this is all something, all data you will need to finance properly um, your, your supply chain finance program. And again, this seems rather straightforward, but we really talk about potentially millions of invoices a month, literally. Also, uh, you remember our dynamic discounting mechanism. Typically, this will involve technology on which both the buyer and the supplier are connected, obviously. And what that does it well at the moment on the market is C2FO. That will be for another episode, maybe with a, a guest from them, who knows? So, uh, yeah, dynamic um, discounting was, uh, if I remember right, if the if the invoice is paid earlier, then you can take off the, the the if the amount is paid earlier than the agreed time so say you're going to say you're yeah. going to pay it in 90 days and you pay it in 45 yeah. you actually can pay less and and you get a bit of a discount because you're able to get the cash in earlier exactly right that's it cool. so you want um so exactly but this mechanism let, let's break it down a bit but that's perfect so in your system you want to set specific rules say okay if this Invoice is paid in half the time. How much is the discount for which supplier? Mm -hmm. uh, how can we make it smooth and so on and so on? And you need different timings, different discounts for each period, and also the availability of the cash either from the supplier or from the client. You want to make sure it works for both of them. You need a system to approve that the invoice can be paid earlier and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if anything, I've learned about banking systems and, and treasury as a whole is that there's mm -hmm. often lots of other parties. So I'm going to ask you again, what yes. other stakeholders are involved? <laughs> yes, we still have a few indeed. Um, so an important one are the rating agency uh, that I would like to dedicate an episode to because extremely important in corporate treasury. Okay. What, what do they do? So we talked about factoring and reverse factoring, right? Where financial institutions buy account receivables or account payables and get paid later when the invoice linked to the account receivable AR or AP matures. The financial institution will, of course, take a fee for providing this service, right? Expressed in a percentage of the total amount of the invoice. How much is that percentage typically? And, yeah, and this is the whole point. Um, and also, why would the bank trust that the client's um, meant to pay the invoice will effectively do so in the first place, right? What is the likelihood that it will actually pay it and in full? This is where the rating agencies enter into action. They evaluate the credit worthiness of the suppliers and the buyers within the supply chain and provide a credit rating for each of them, meaning what is the likelihood that each company pay its debt on time and in full, meaning what is the likelihood that the financial institution will actually indeed get this money back when the invoice is due and in the entirety of it. Okay, but what, what percentage are we talking here exactly? <laughs> so 
this whole process of factoring and reverse factoring, but also letters of credit can be seen as a mini credit, right? So the financial institution is basically providing a cash advance of 30, 60 or 90 days. And this has a cost. And as we know, the more risky the investment, the more expensive. So if the credit rating of the entity that is meant to pay the invoice is bad, then the percentage paid will be high and vice versa. And as we saw, yeah, well, factoring can go as high as 10, 15 percent, but on average, we talk about 5 percent. But here, it really depends on the credit worthiness mm -hmm. of the counterparty. I mean, so, I mean, we're, we're young, right, Guillaume? If I think about my credit score, it's basically a credit score, right? Exactly. Um, that's the I, same I, for companies. I only got one really recently. So mm -hmm. what, when I started out, started very low, um, and I obviously had to build it up. So do companies have the same principle? Like, how do they start if they don't have one of these ratings in the first place? Yeah, that's a very good question. So for companies, it's a bit different than um, us individuals, let's say. Of course, history will also be part of the decision-making and of the rating, but not only. What credit rating agencies do is basically they take the financial statements of a company and they can see the financial health and they look at different financial ratios. How much debt does it have compared to the EBITDA, for instance? Uh, how much debt do they have compared to the uh, net results or to the total turnover? Are they in line with industry standards? And there is also, well, are they used to pay their invoices on time? Are they going through... Um, not normal or a typical period right now, like are they involved in a lot of M&A transactions, uh, merger and acquisition, sorry, so that can uh, improve or reduce the credit risk and rating and so on. So it's this whole financial statements that is used to make the credit risk assessment. Okay. All right. So you have the, um, the buyer, the seller, the bank or the financial institution, the technology provider in the middle, the rating agencies. Yeah. Anyone else worth mentioning? Yes, there is one last. So auditing firms are quite important for that endeavor. They make sure that the financial information that we just broke down, provided by the different stakeholders, are complete and compliant, of course, uh, in line with regulation and so on. So auditing firms allow rating agencies and financial institutions to run a reliable and trustworthy credit analysis that is then used to assess the credit worthiness of the different counterparty and then the price they will pay for such service. And there is just a one last point that I would like to touch upon. What if the company entering in such a financial solution doesn't have an official rating, right? Because it costs money, actually. A company needs to pay a credit rating agency to get a credit rating. So this can happen. And then the factor so the provider of the factoring, as we broke down in a previous episode, will run its own credit risk assessment, if it can and if it wants to. It's not forced, obviously. Usually asking for financial statements and a whole bunch of information from the company, and it will then come up with a personalized credit rating. Typically, banks do that for individuals, but also for companies, and base its decision on its whether to grant the service and at which cost or not.